Hi, I'm Ali. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to Not Too Busy to Write. The podcast about writing, publishing and creativity amongst life's many other demands. I'm joined this week by Clemmie Telford. Clemmie, you might know as a content creator, she's the podcast host of But Why and previously had the podcast Honestly. She's also the curator of the Mother of All Lists. Welcome, Clemmie. Thank you. Very happy to be here on this, yeah, muggy Friday, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty muggy, isn't it? And um, yeah, so apologies to the listeners if you get flies buzzing around. I tried really hard to get rid of them, but I'm not sure if they've gone. <laughs> um, but Kami, I'm so excited that you agreed to be on the show because I, um, I really wanted to talk to you about your journey to writing your first book, But Why, which is out on July 22nd because it's maybe not necessarily the typical route to writing. Do you, did you, do you think you ever would have imagined you would be publishing a book if you thought back? Well, yes and no. So my, I always say my career job, although this is my career job and I need to settle with that, but I was a copywriter in ad agencies for 12 years for, for wandering on Instagram. So I've, I've always written for a job, but it's so amusing to me because the art of being a copywriter in an agency is trying to write a five word headline, you know, the most succinct writing you could possibly do. Pare it down, pare it down, pare it down. And, and also to write in as other people's voices or specifically in brand voices. So I was very used to in, inhabiting, inhabiting other voices, but yeah. I mean, it, it's probably always been on my my dream list to do it. And I still really can't believe that I have actually written an, an entire book. But having said that, the process of writing is an extreme one. So I definitely know I lived it last year. <laughs> well, actually, I really, really want to talk to you about that. But I also want to talk to you about, let's talk about the book first before we go back yeah. and talk about how you got there. But, um, but so the book is But Why? How to Answer Tricky Questions from Kids and Have Honest Conversations with Yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much. It was just there was just there's just so much gold in there so much gold and I know oh. you spoke to so many really amazing people but also the way that you pulled it all together was so beautiful because it's big topics really big and broad topics and you've really I mean you pulled that structure together you really pulled that structure together and I really want to ask you about that first oh. thing <laughs> that you were going to structure it as how to talk to kids about these things was that always on your mind or or did you just know you wanted to have these honest conversations, but you didn't have the format right away? It's a really good question. I'm trying to one, think what I went out, like I went out with my book, you know, what I pitched with. It, it was talking to kids, but I think until I got into the writing, I hadn't unpicked that ultimately, although kids are the end recipient of the information, I'm, t- I'm talking to adults. I'm, I'm talking mm. to myself, actually. It, it was, as I intro in the book, I really backed myself as being quite good at speaking about these these big topics, only because I've got an extremely overactive mind. And then the reality comes to it. My kids started asking these questions and I was absolutely dumbfounded. And I think that's partly just because that is difficult. But also, as it happened, I realised that's where we're at, into, I think, in terms of society, which sounds very high-spoluting. But I think particularly the last year, 
all of us have thrown everything we think about everything into question like it's been this unbelievable upheaval and and so I often think what would this book like ha- been like had I not been writing it in 2020 mm. but I as it happens I I was and then yeah the structure again I guess that's probably where my advertising background comes in like really knowing how to land an idea and 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 hang things off it and actually so many times through it I was like oh you should move away from this idea you're kind of backing yourself into a corner and and hilariously I didn't realize to to change the questions to but why until a week before submission so they were just loose questions and then I was like oh no all the questions should be but why questions (laughs) I was just like oh my word how have you lived with this for so long but um so I don't know if yeah I, I knew I wanted a tight idea and I knew that I was very in that I do the work that I do through mother of all this through the two podcasts and through Instagram I'd heard so many stories I'd heard so many stories and they were all sitting in my head and I wanted to bring them together in a way so it's one of those things once you start wiggling down the journey it it all started making sense, but I hadn't anticipated the kind of existential crisis that goes with with working out what you think about all the big stuff. Yeah, so it's like you were doing two different things. You were working on, first of all, putting all of your ideas of work that's been years in the making into book form, which is such a huge challenge in itself, but also the topic is so huge I mean it couldn't doesn't get bigger you know because just to give the the listener a few just a little idea of the kind of topics that Clemmie's um tapping into um (laughs) about questions about the body questions about gender questions about complex feelings about money about work about alcohol about god about death I mean really yeah I mean you're going all of it all of it but one thing I love on the cover is um it has a little asterisk at the top and in handwriting it says ideas and opinions are subject to change, which is one of the big things that you talk about. And I have to say, when I saw that, I thought, Mm. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. You got to put this on the cover of your book. (laughs) Because I think, I don't know about you, but like the difference between writing online and, um, and kind of, and podcasting and all those other things to writing a physical book that's going to be on the shelves and you can't go around and destroy all those copies. They are out there. It's terrifying as a nonfiction author to put your work out there, knowing that you can't take it back in the way Mm -hmm. that you could edit something if it was out there digitally. And, um, and it's like a huge anxiety, I think of all authors. (laughs) And you got to put a caveat on the front. (laughs) Do you know what? I hadn't, I hadn't seen that I'd given myself a massive caveat, but I have, (laughs) I have given myself, but it's so interesting you say that because I wrote the book and when I first submitted it, I submitted it and then I reread it and I realized I'd had all the information and there was, there was snippets of my voice in there. And I was like, the bit that is missing is my voice. And I realized that I hadn't put that in for all the reasons you were saying, because I was like, as everybody does but particularly because of the topics I'm talking about palpitations that I was just going to be absolutely taken to town but I realized that in order the not surprisingly but the process of writing the book and what I'm trying to press on my audience which is to be prepared to be wrong be prepared to keep learning be prepared to you know put your opinions out there and have honest conversations I was like I can't talk about all this and not do it so the way I've kind of reconciled it is that I know that I might not 
there is no right. There is no right. But I know, unlike podcasting and Instagram, I have thought about every word in that. I have considered it. I've thrown it around. I've wrangled it. I've lost sleep over it. And you know what? If someone picks it up and reads it and disagrees with everything I say, well, then that's great because at least they're they're pushed to have an opinion. They're pushed to feel that 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 reaction, and and so that. I mean, I have to coach myself through this, but it's considered. And and I think the big problem we have is there is so there's a direction in short space. So yeah, it, it's terrifying. It also Sophie Williams, who wrote um, anti-racist allies, she talks about hoping that her book becomes outdated. I fully accept that the book is it could be rewritten every year uh, with more learnings but i at the moment that i wrote it it felt like the culmination of all the kind of cultural listening i've done so yeah but i'm terrified <laughs> it's um yeah i mean i sort of oh gosh the the whole act of publishing is it's such a different process for a start to writing as well. Like they're, they're two different processes and it's, um, and you're just going into the thick of it now into publishing mode. And yeah, it is, it oh. is terrifying, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I love that. I think it really comes across this idea. There's a lot in the book about listening and about being open-minded and about being willing to change. And I think that's sort of probably the most important conversation we need yeah. to have at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just realized a line in it where it's like, I realize that, that everybody wants to be heard and nobody wants to listen. And I think that is my, if you were to encapsulate, apart from the pandemic side of last year, but the whole experience, especially of being online. And of course, that's exhausting. And of course, you can't learn just by scrolling other people's stuff. You You have to take yourself off. You have to stop and digest. And there's, a, I can't remember who the research was you can't go into a conversation wanting to always change someone else's mind you have to go in to be willing to to change your own mind Mm. and also I just don't I think the art of conversation is something we're really losing but and again partly because we've actually been extracted from social things where we do talk to people but it's for me to work out what I think about these big things I have to bounce it off another human because otherwise it's just sitting in your head. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. It's, you need um, safe, a safe way to be able to knock around ideas and in a a way the only safe way to do that often is in conversation Mm -hmm. rather than, because I think when we conduct everything online, everything can be taken out of context and you can't, you're not allowed to fail online in a way. I would say no. as, a, as a culture, no. we're not allowed to fail online. So the importance of a conversation is sort of more important than ever in a way, especially private conversation. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. with, with people that you trust, yeah, go on. Oh, no. Well, I just wanted to, to also talk about how you started writing in the first place because you were a creative director um, and you came mm-hmm. to writing um, because, am I right, is it, you came to writing lists as a way of dealing with um, with anxiety. Yeah, it's so true. So the precursor to um, Mother of All Lists was a blog, and it was a, in the really early days of blogging called List Northern Line. So from nowhere in my like mid to late twenties, I started 
suffering with terrible anxiety. I'd had glimpses of it since my teens, but I'm talking sudden, quite crippling anxiety. And my commute at that time was from Ballam to Leicester Square to an ad agency. And the you know the Northern Line is is horrendous and it and it's absolutely packed and you. you you have to go under the river at one point, et cetera, et cetera. And the only way I could kind of get through that was to try and write a list of my musings on something. So I, I used my commute, the 25 minutes on the Northern Line, to write a list. And it helped me process all sorts of thoughts. And then I kind of put it to bed. Fun enough, I having two kids quite quickly. I kind of went back to that same resource for myself. And I, I actually, before it was kind of trendy, I guess this list writing is bullet journaling. It's the same thing of like that something in the process of lists is so quick to write, it can just pour out of you. And that's what I did. I, I processed all the different elements of, of early motherhood. That's my career, my relationship. I mean, everything, my body. And it was, it, yeah, it's the same reason that I came on Instagram I did it. I was writing and posting on social media to save myself from a huge identity crisis. And then in time, yeah, Mother of All This became a platform for everyone else as well, which gives me great joy because, again, the bullet journaling style means that it's for everybody. Everybody can, can, um, can do it because if people go, how do I do it? I was like, have a go, see what comes. And they always come back with something. And I think to tie that back to my book, there's such value. There's a load of, there are experts in the book, but most people are experts by experience. Yeah. Like I really want to share people's voices. That's my biggest learning over the last six years doing this is everybody has a, a mind blowing story to tell. And um, yeah, the, the list enable her to do that. I, that's one of the things I love about Mother of All This, this idea of how accessible it is. It's accessible both to read because it's quick and, wow, people get to the punch right away. Yeah. There's no messing about with a preamble, is there? It's really straight in there. So it's really accessible to read. But like you said, it's really accessible to write. So the incredible variety of voices you've had on your blog, it's like it's just like nothing. Like what you don't even hear a lot of these voices on podcasts no. because some of these people you know, for, for privacy reasons, wouldn't do something like a podcast. Um, and you've had um, ex-convicts and people whose partners are in prison and you've had people in massive debt and who have gone bankrupt and you've had people in with estranged families. And I mean, every different kind Everything. of situation. And I don't know of anywhere else on the internet that does that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, and you know what? It's so funny because when I started it six years ago, everyone was like, blogging is over. Blogging is over. Don't do it, which is hilarious. And actually, periodically over the last, over that time, everyone's just like, blogging's over. And, but Mother of All This now is beyond me. It, yeah. it, it's like, it feels like it's, it's such a thing. And you know what? I go back and read lists or, and it, it it's it's yeah it's brilliant and it's an honor it's an honor to have someone have that experience of the how cathartic writing is you know that is the the bit that we don't often talk about writing a book is unbelievably hard but wow the yeah it's so cathartic so for everybody and anyone to have a little glimpse of that is 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 wonderful yeah yeah no i totally agree i just i i I think as someone who processes information through writing, like it's a really, like, I just really like, and I know that not everyone's the same, but just to be able to give other people the opportunity to do that. It's so exciting. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize that 
um, it's possible no. you know, to really, to really form stories in your mind, to be able to really understand your stories by writing them down, even if it is in a list, it can really help order everything in your mind, can't it? It's just, yeah. 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 So being able to give that to other people is pretty amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, as I say, it's this thing where I don't, I don't feel like it's even me or mine anymore. It's everyone else's. And, and yeah, that's brilliant. And again, they, loads of the lists, as you know, appear in the book and in, in snippets of it. And again, yeah. they, they deserve more of a legacy than to, to sit just, I mean, stuff that you've written, stuff that Nicola Washington's written. Yeah. They, they need to be, yeah. In a physical thing that, that exists. I know, and it's so nice that you've put some in there because also it's reminded me to go back and read some of them. Like I I remember at the time, some of them, some of them I hadn't read and some of them I do remember and thinking, oh my gosh, I must reread that. And it is like, it's like you're boiling um, everything down to its kind of purest essence in a way um, and helping somebody communicate their experience in in a really, I guess in a, just a really straightforward way, but in quite a profound way. But yeah, so it's so yeah. nice, as you say, to be able to kind of immortalise some of them in the book itself. Yeah. But um, but also, aside from the the questions, I loved these. Um, you've peppered throughout each major section of questions with some joining up bits, and I yeah. loved those. I absolutely loved it. It made it just really pulled it all together. Um, and you talk about silence and conversation and not judging um anyone else um, and being honest. Um, it's just, they're really interesting. And I love as well, like you say, it really feels like you're, you're in those, you're uh, you grappling with these things, but we're doing it with you. Oh, it's thank you. Kind of, you know, we're doing it together in a way. Do you know what that's, I'm really glad that that feels like that. So I was very inspired by um, Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. I listened to her, I think on Brene Brown's podcast saying that the book ended up being the same experience of what she was trying to get across. So in her untaming, she like breaks things down. I really wanted to try and encapsulate the journey I went on in writing in the way that the book was structured. You know, the here's the questions, oh my word, here's what I've learned. Here's some more questions, here's what I'm learning again. And that adding up to a, a way to try and process stuff which isn't in the book because ultimately as parents we're trying to prepare ourselves uh, prepare our kids for a world that we don't know what it looks like so there's no set of questions that are going to do that but there's some theories I hope yeah honestly listening thinking (laughs) that transcend all of that yeah um and so um in terms of your work now you've a big a big part of your focus is on is on your podcast but yeah. why with which you have again incredibly um honest conversations with different guests um where do you see that going um the mother of all this is as you say now as a platform that's kind of got a momentum of its own but um mm. but but with the podcast do you imagine that you just want it do you want to just keep digging down into getting different perspectives and and having different kinds of conversations yeah i think yeah i mean it's just this it's this real thirst i have across all of them to to shine a light on the tricky stuff you know in in any point of my life which has been very challenging the layer on top of that has been feeling alone with it mm. whether that's yeah anxiety or financial problems or you know identity etc cetera, etc cetera. and as soon as you realize that someone else has been there it, 
even if their experience isn't the same that just it just changes everything and it, there's such power in, in learning from what other people are doing and really similarly to the book there's so often where really disparate topics whether that's I can't think of examples fitness and sobriety and mental health and things that seem totally unrelated and then they all these these commonalities between it and the commonalities is humanity I guess that we're all we're all fighting our own battles we all want the same things ultimately so I yeah I don't know where it goes I I'm kind of beginning to see I do know what my kind of calling is which yeah is this is to to share share conversation and people's voices I suppose so I'm trying to explore more ways to do that but also in the middle of it it's this, this therapy for me I cannot believe <laughs> that I get to do it you know every I was as you know as we're sitting here in a podcast doing a podcast talking to someone for an hour is the or a half an hour is such a intimate thing yeah. I mean what a privilege to, to carve out that very human thing as it's like I find it absolutely mind-blowing and when I've spoken to people you know with supposed big profiles either way in that moment we're, we're just very big we're just two people talking yeah. and it's, it's an honor it really is it's astounding thing to yeah. do so. yeah no I mean I agree that's kind of the whole point of starting this podcast is that just oh the opportunity to sit down and talk with someone about writing and about their work <laughs> and about it's just like such a privilege and a joy but um anyway I digress <laughs> but it is, it's just like a yeah it's just an absolute privilege but so um with the with the writing itself mm. obviously it was in 2020 which um made it quite complicated <laughs> but did you um did you end up in terms of how you structured it did you end up taking a big chunk of time away from other work to do it or did you split up your other work with it how did you decide to do it in the end um I think it was a happy accident my work was much like anyone in, in this field my, my work was much quieter last year so I didn't have to make that decision um I mean I don't know how I would have worked at the capacity I normally work and written it, it's, it's only when you come out of the writing process where you go oh wow that is like an outer body experience I haven't been myself in a room for the whole time that I've been writing that and you know if I was lucky enough to do it again I would prep for that much more I you know and I was actually I've got a podcast coming out this week with Jessica Innes the Olympian and she's saying you know she decided to do the, her last Olympics and step away from her kids her child at that point and I was like I was not as good a parent as I could have been last year and 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 I'm fine with that because it's a conscious decision I hope in time that they're proud of me for the book and it's yeah. but it but it, I mean yeah it is a huge it takes so much out of you doesn't it, it does doesn't it it takes over a part of your brain and just sits there the whole time constantly until you've handed it in <laughs> yeah it's it's a I should be revising for exam guilt that you should you should a you should always be writing but also especially if you're I was trying to cut up these really big topics my subconscious was just yeah losing its mind really it, it yeah it there's that scene in um oh my word what's that I'm not gonna remember that program recently where she wrote a book anyway there's yeah you see these things of authors like sticking stuff everywhere and trying to figure things out and it's absolutely true you know that I had a, 
I wrote in an empty gym in the end because I couldn't write at home and the gym was shut. So I went in there. So I'm in this massive um, warehouse space. It's a CrossFit gym. So there's rigs and weights and I've got this whiteboard and I just kept on charting it and charting it and charting it. I, I, I wish I'd done that at the beginning. I definitely had to write the book in order to then rewrite the book. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? And like, are you a, are you quite a visual thinker in a lot of ways? Do you help? Does I, I, it help you yeah. to plan everything out visually? Is that what you've done as a well, director? I, do you work visually? Yeah, I guess I probably do without realizing it. And also, I've never had to string anything together in the way that you have to string a book together. Mm. Um, and also because I was trying to land quite a lot of different concepts. Actually, yeah. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's almost like, and I think particularly with your book, because you've got lots of topics and obviously there's an overarching, very, um, a really strong structure, but there are lots of different topics. But it's almost like um, having sort of 80 different balloons and you're pulling them together to hold them all at once to create one giant balloon. Yeah. <laughs> It's mad. (laughs) It's so, yeah. And the thing is the actual writing, I I find that quite easy. Although I actually do want to talk about that, the fact that I'm dyslexic. Mm, Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. Is that, um, when did you know that you were dyslexic? I got diagnosed, I did really badly in my GCSEs and then I got diagnosed at AAS or A-level. I was talking about this the other day. Um, which was was brilliant on the one hand, um, but on the other, it's taken me quite a few years to learn how to to work with the diagnosis. That like is one thing being diagnosed, the other thing learning. I, I categorically would never change it. I think it's like a gift in terms of, of course, it's a gift in terms of creativity. But I did say to my editors and everyone through the process, I'm really sorry, there's going to be you know, a horrendous amount of spelling mistakes. And my um, dyslexia shows up with me often missing words out because my brain's uh, Yeah, so your brain, your brain automatically thinks that they're there, but they yeah. aren't necessarily there on the page, yeah. Which is an editor's nightmare. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's why I can do these interesting structures because my brain work. yeah, it's a visual way of, of doing things. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's definitely on... Um, Instagram I've really had to learn to own because it's so often as soon as I put a post up I'm like oh yeah there's the spelling and in stories where you can't change it and I've had people be really rude before and be and and be very critical of spelling mistakes or miswords and it's just like uh, you you totally misunderstand this this is not a reflection of laziness or anything else yeah. It's really that idea in general of, and I've I've seen quite a few, um, particularly disabled activists on Twitter, kind of remind people regularly that um, it's not okay to just barrage people with insults because they've no. spelled something incorrectly. No. Because there are, first of all, just so many reasons why that could happen. A lot of different reasons to do with, um, you know different various different learning difficulties but also to do even with access to education and all sorts of other things and the kind of assumptions that people make about intelligence versus spelling yeah and all this ridiculous stuff but yeah it's it's interesting did you ever um like to go from writing um articles and blog size pieces and instagram posts which is probably a huge amount of the writing you've done over yeah, yeah, your, yeah. the last six years to writing a, a whole book was there <laughs> was there did you have to did you break it down in a certain way to so that it wasn't so overwhelming I, no and i wish i had have done i literally just stood just started writing <laughs> and and also i was pulling together loads of research at the time yeah 
um yeah you can i i would go about it very differently now i do it in a much more ordered structured yeah planned way but you know even if you google how to write a book no one can tell you it's your no. own cre cre creative experience isn't it and there's also so many ways to approach it yeah and it's it's interesting even i've heard lots of writers say that the way they do it really sucks but also it really works yeah <laughs> so, and so even if it's not perfect sometimes it's actually the route you need to take to get yeah. where you need to go yeah and I think it's a bit yeah actually my brother's a musician and he was he's been writing an album at the same time that I was doing that and he just kept on saying to me you've got to trust the process you've yeah. got to trust the process this is like you see it as like first of all you do the sketch and then you come back and you'll add a bit more and then you'll add a bit more so you got but and also um I'm friends with Porna Bell and she's written several books. So I was like, tell me it's not like this every time. She's like, it's like this every time. Yeah. This is this, this going into the absolute pain. And that's because you care and because you're putting so much into it. I mean, I think it would probably be significantly easier if we weren't also in a pandemic at the time. But that aside, um, yeah, it's an experience. It is, isn't it? It is yeah. certainly an experience. It's funny, like I absolutely loved writing my book. I loved it. But it was, it was like, how, it's so funny. You can love something and it can be so hard at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, it's, it is, it's like you say, it's very similar to being in exam periods. You look back and you think, I can't believe I did that. I no. can't believe I managed to do that. I know. It's absolutely mad. I, and I submitted so much over the word count. I submitted at 110,000 words or something, which is so, it's such a, it's so many words. <laughs> so, but again, it's really odd now. I did the audio book not that long ago. And again, once you've done it, I, I know it's me, but it becomes almost an out of body thing as well. Like reading out your own words, you're like, it's so, it's so weird, isn't it? It's yeah. so weird. And now you'll see a year later because I've just done a bit of PR again because the paperback of my book came out. I read sections again because of the PR I was doing. And I was like, oh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. I don't remember writing that, but apparently yeah. I did. <laughs> No, exactly that. You're like, oh, yeah, you're making quite a good point there. And it's like, yeah. how am I how am I hearing this in fresh ears? Like you process is really odd. It's if, funny, isn't it? Yeah. I've heard somebody describe it as time traveling because you were never going to be the same person you were again when you wrote that. And mm -hmm. so reading back on your work or even reading some other's author's work, you're you're traveling through time. That's what you're doing. And that's in a way what's so incredible about writing. It's it's yeah. capturing a moment and yeah. you can't live that moment again no it's so true it's it's all yeah I'm already very different which is quite odd because of the publishing process yeah it, it's fun and I'm glad to have had this gap in the last six months between submission and it going out so that I can stand beside it when I'm not in it so much because I remember in the writing process being like how can this ever go out in the public domain and now I'm, I'm really ready for it to it's a bit like pregnancy to be honest she was like how can I ever get a baby out and then by the end you're like please get this baby out of me <laughs> it's like please get this this book out into the world then that processing can can happen it's it's so funny because when you at the beginning talked about having read it I just haven't computed that people are going to read this book soon in a way you almost can't no. until it's out there because there's so um you know, having both of us written quite personal things, yeah. um, although nonfiction, like quite a lot of personal stuff in there, you almost have to write it without um, imagining all the readers. No. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, otherwise it would be quite overwhelming. Also, 
the other fear is that nobody reads it apart from my mum. So it's like, you know, we do. Yeah, it's like ter- it's terrifying, but it's 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 nearly here. So do you did you feel a sense of relief after publication? Huge relief. Oh, Huge okay. relief. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. I, I found personally the weeks leading up to the launch incredibly intense. It's the amount of PR you're doing. Yeah. You're having just tons of conversations, which are all individually really brilliant. But by the end of the day, you're really white. Yeah. And, you know, having to create content around it. And, you know, there's just so much that goes into marketing a book that the author has to do that no one else can do for you. You have to do, even if you've got someone helping you book a few things, like, you know, getting sort of, you know, some great spots. Yeah. Yeah. But you still have to to do the work. And I think, that's something we'll have to talk about on another podcast, I think, because yeah. it is really, um, it's, it's really intense, yeah. but it's so, um, it's so necessary. Um, yeah. And it was weird because I was doing it during lockdown last year. And I remember thinking, but I've done all this hard work. I just can't, you can't stop. You have, mm. it has to yeah, be done. If you, you need to kind of follow through to put yeah. it to bed. So yeah, yeah there is a, definitely a sense of coming that'll be coming for you of like, I've put that to bed. I've put it to bed. Yeah. I had yeah. a holiday planned for. Uh, yeah, for I mean, what's the point in having a holiday planned, to be honest? But yeah, I, well, I, I mean, I'm, be- you know. I'm beginning to realize that <laughs> I need to put all this in. But you, I, yeah, again, it's much like having a kid. You can't really think about life beyond for me beyond the 22nd of July yet. And yeah, it's soon. It's nearly here. It's I'm soon. ready. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, um, we, uh, Ali and I always finish up by having a bit of a chat about what we've been reading lately. Do you want to go first? Yeah. And is there anything interesting you've read yeah, lately? Yeah, oh, you know what? I was just like, I can't remember her name. And then I've just realised that I've stacked the laptop on on this book. Um, it's uh, Conversations on Love by Natasha Lunn. Have you read it? Yes. Oh, my word, it's beautiful. Yes. It's so beautiful, isn't it? You know what? Funnily enough, I think she's gone about the, her process in quite a similar way. She's curated loads of other people's insight. But what I love, and it's because she's a journalist, the questions she's asked them, this is, it is love, but it, it just made me actually reconsider what, what love is. You know, yeah. love in friendships, love, yeah, love with your children. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant and yeah. and again really easy to digest there's so many just snippets i'm like oh i really want to try and remember that little thing it's but a it's, great bedside book yes yeah, especially when you could just and yeah you could only read like a page exactly yeah and and it, and it's um this is a complete aside but i'm a big fan of Shit's creek which is just a, co- a comedy but it's all about a very joyful world and i actually just thought wow it's really nice just to celebrate love yes yeah like, there's no dark side of it even when she's talking about um grief and loss it's still t- to have been loved and to love someone is is pretty amazing so i think it's brilliant i think it's publication is really my, maybe i think a, it's the beginning of july does it oh say? there you go yeah, yeah i think it's the beginning of july but I'll, I'll make sure i put it in the show notes yeah um so um i have been reading i actually recently watched on netflix there's a documentary about amy tan the american author yeah and i watched it and after watching it i had to read the joy luck club again because i have i read it in like the late 90s when when i was a teenager um when it first came out and it was a massive massive bestseller and it'd been so long since I've, i'd read it and after seeing this documentary about her which she lived such she's had such an incredible life and a lot of the stories from the joy luck club um, which is about a number of uh, generations of, of um, Chinese American women were real, were from her family. Some, many of them were from her family. And I just loved it so much. I 
I bought it and I've just read it again. And it's as good as I remember. It's really? so brilliant. It's just such, yeah, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So it's about, for anyone who hasn't, hasn't seen the film or doesn't know the book, it's about um, to, uh, four Chinese American or Chinese, four Chinese women who've immigrated to America and they're four Chinese American daughters. And then it goes and it's, and each one of those four tell their own stories in oh. their own times. And it is just such a, from a right, like from reading from a writer's point of view, it's such an incredible, incredible way of weaving all these different narratives together. Yeah. So on a technical level, it's really great to read, to see how somebody very masterfully does that. It was also a debut novel, which just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but also just all of these relationships. And that's just so much about, you know, what's, what the gaps that can happen between generations and between yeah. experience. Um, and I don't think you need to be from a Chinese family to, under, to understand and to see those massive gaps that wow. can happen between what one generation understands and believes and values and what the next generation does and how you communicate between you from your two different experiences. But yeah, it's just beautiful and yeah, loved it. So yeah, it's nice to kind of read it. It must be fascinating to, and to come back, you know, when you read it in your teens or early 20s, you think you're grown up, but you haven't really got a concept of, I don't think, your values and your standpoint and like what you're, what generationally we're standing for. And to come yeah. revisit it now, you must, that, that must all resonate a lot more, I guess. It does. And you know what's interesting? I read it when I was 18 and I was living in Thailand for right. a year. And so it was a year that I was completely yeah. reassessing my entire identity for so many reasons, but partly because when you take yourself, or it's almost like when you take yourself out of your culture and put yourself in a new one, suddenly you realize the bits of you that belong to that culture. It's yeah. like, that, you know, when you're swimming in the water, you can't tell, but if you of take course. yourself out of the water, suddenly you're really aware of it. And so I think... I was suddenly very aware of my identity as a white woman, a woman particularly living in an Asian country um, where there's a lot of, yeah, where I was confronted with a lot of sort of gender stuff I hadn't experienced before. Um, but also just um, as an Australian and what that means and what values I identified with that was Australian and what wasn't and yeah. all of these things were floating around my head when I first read it. But now I'm reading it yeah. Yeah, 20 years later and it's a whole different who you yeah. are now will have changed again. It's like, yeah, yeah mad. I, I haven't read it. I will search that out. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. My pleasure. It's so great. And also so such a joy to be able to talk to you before the complete furor of the next few weeks. Oh, well, before <laughs> I'm literally a, like, yeah, shadow of a woman. Yeah. So the best place for people to find you if they want to find you is on Instagram? Yep. Yeah, um, Clemmy underscore Telford. And your book will be available on July 22nd. But yep. please pre-order now. Please pre-order. Please. I'd be really appreciative. <laughs> As we all know, it really, really, really helps authors if you do a pre-order. So um, thank you so much My for pleasure. being on the show. I've loved it. I really loved it. It's really nice to have the opportunity to reflect about it. And also, because we haven't seen many people in real life, I've been trying to talk to, to people who've written books and just be like, isn't this a wild experience? So to have a whole yeah chat, time to do that has been lovely you've been listening to not too busy to write with ali miller and penny Winsor. you can find show notes including the best ways to get in touch with us as well as any reading recommendations mentioned in the episode at not too busy to write.com 
And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe. And please go ahead and leave us a little review. It really helps others to find the podcast. You can find Ali on Instagram at Ali underscore Miller underscore writes and Penny at Penny Windsor. Music and editing is by Ewan Miller McMeekin.